seated for a moment. Just want to welcome everyone here, all CFC family and friends. Those that are here, glad to see you. Those that are watching online this morning, we're glad to see you. Well, we don't see you. We're glad you can see us. But glad you're joining us this morning as we worship the Lord. Amen. Amen. We're in October. How many have loved this cool weather this week? Amen. If anybody got a petition to, for us to sign that we could keep this year round, let me know. I'll sign that right now. Amen. We got just a few announcements this morning we want to uh, talk about. As we're opening up, we want to welcome everyone. Remember, we're still in phase three of reopening, so there, uh, we actually use hand sanitizer uh, as you come in uh, just to help keep uh, things safe and spreading of germs. Uh, being that we're still in phase three. We made a couple of decisions. Uh, well, three of them is uh, the men's and ladies meetings will not uh, pick up again at least until January. They're on hold until January. In January, we'll make another decision on that. Uh, also, the Falltoberfest, which is October 31st that we always do, uh, is going to be canceled this year. There's no way we could uh, social distance. It's always, you know, two, three hundred people in the gym. Uh, too close. So uh, at the end of this month, this year, that we will not have the uh, Falltoberfest. So that's a couple of announcements with that part. But if you would like to stay up to date with all the things that are going on um, uh, at church and different things, uh, follow us on Facebook. Um, you can actually watch the services live on Facebook, but we also post when there's uh, changes with weather and things. I don't know if you've seen, but there's a tropical depression that entered the Gulf this morning. There's another disturbance behind it coming in later this morning. Hopefully, these cool fronts are going to keep them out. And there's two, two things that could develop in the Atlantic. So if you came just for good news, I'm sorry I told you that. <laughs> but uh, as I, I made a joke, I said, uh, 2020, another gift from 2020, the year that just keeps giving, right? <laughs> it's just, it'll never end. So uh, keep up to date with that. Uh, another thing is we are going to start... Uh, 
Oh, oh let, me, let me get back on my notes here. Uh, reminders. You follow us on Facebook. We also have a, a Christian Fellowship Church app for your iPhone. Uh, you could go to, on the Facebook page and download it. It'll connect you. You could watch uh, uh, past services on there. You could also give on that app. Uh, we have a YouTube uh, channel in case uh, you don't have uh, Facebook. Uh, it's uh, Christian Fellowship Church, Pastor Scott Jeremy. Put in that whole title. It's easier to find it that way, and you can watch services in the past. And also on the church website, uh, www.welcometocfc.com. Uh, you could give on there and watch uh, past services. Facebook is the only multimedia stream that you could watch the service live as it's happening. And Facebook is the only one that will kind of put the announcements as things would change throughout, uh, you know, different emergencies and storms, keeping up with that. Also, new generations will uh, uh, show their service uh, that they're doing right now. Again, kids are able to go ages 6 through 11 right now. They do have the services, but they film it and also put it online uh, on their Facebook channel. Uh, it'll, I think tonight at 7, you could go there and... Uh, you know, I think it's good even if you have children that are too young to go there, have them watch it so they know what they're going to be going into in the future. And those of you that wonder what they do back there, you could go watch it and uh, see, see exactly all the hard work and things that they do back there. They do a great job back there. I just want to tell Pastor Josh, uh, Sister Michelle, everyone that works in all that area, uh, Sister Wendy, tell them what a great job they're doing. Uh, also, now starting this week, this Wednesday night, we're going to start having our Wednesday services again. Um, we're going to, in here for the adults uh, we're, or anyone, we're having our prayer meetings again, our prayer revival meetings. Uh, so uh, we're slowly transitioning, slowly uh, coming back, uh, doing more things. We still want to be safe, so uh, the prayer revival uh, meetings will be there. Uh, Kids Club 3 to 11 is their age. We'll meet uh, also, and also the youth. Uh, ages 12 to 19. So we are going to be having our Wednesday evening services again. Uh, so that's about all the announcements we have right now. I just want to wish everyone a happy birthday. If you're having a birthday between now and next Sunday, raise your hand. No one? If anyone online watching want to wish you a happy birthday, what about an anniversary between now and next Sunday? Raise your hand. No one? Okay. If you're online watching, then happy anniversary to you if you have one coming up. What we're going to do now is uh, receive our tithe and offerings. Uh, I want to just first begin by telling you how you can give if you're not here, which, which is uh, you can visit our website, welcometocfc.com, and there's safe, secure online giving there. Again, I had mentioned on that uh, church app you could uh, give also there. Or you can mail it in, Post Office Box 1427, La Rosa, Louisiana, 70373. Or you could drop it off Monday through Wednesday. We are going, uh, financial secretary is going to be coming back in the office again from Monday through Wednesday from 9 to 3. So you could drop it off there. Again, if you see us out here throughout the week, you're, you're more than welcome to drop it off. So what I want to do is just read uh, our scriptures for giving this week. This found in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. It says this, honor the Lord with your wealth. Your, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your borns. Notice what it says, then your borns. First, you have to honor him. First, God comes first in everything in our life. Then your borns will be uh, filled to overflowing, and your vats uh, will brim over with new wine. 
And 1 Chronicles 29.9 says this, The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. So I want you to take your offering in your right hand, if you would stand to your feet. And we want to make our proclamation this morning to repeat after me, say, as I give in today's offering, I honor you, Lord, with the first part of my income and with all you put into my hands. All I have and all I possess is already yours. You are the giver of all good things, and therefore I give you my first and my best. I hold nothing back. I give my tithe willingly and joyfully. In Jesus' name we pray. As Aliska is going to start uh, playing, those of you that uh, haven't been here for a while, we got three baskets in the front here. What we're going to do is ask uh, some, if you have something to give, just come up uh, and place your offering in the baskets and then make your way back to your seat as we start. stand to our feet again uh, we're going to have our call to worship this is October so we have a new scripture for the month of October this is Psalms 34 verses 1 and 4 this is from the living Bible it says this I will praise the Lord no matter what happens look at your neighbor and say no matter what happens no matter what happens through the good the bad and the ugly amen I will praise the Lord I will constantly speak of his glories and grace. I will boast of all his kindness to me. Let all who are discouraged take heart. Let us praise the Lord together and exalt his name. For I cried to him and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Father, we just come to you today. And Father, as we lift up all those that are uh, in this uh, congregation and all the family members all watching online, our nation, Father God, we lift up our president right now, Father God and his wife, all those that are infected with COVID, Father, we pray for healing for each and every one of them right now, Father. I pray a protection over everyone that's here today that would be free from uh, contracting, uh, contracting uh, COVID. And Father, most of all, we just come to pour our hearts out to you right now, Father God. Father, I just pray that as we get ready to worship, Father God, that you would put inside of us a spirit of worship right now, Father God, that we would worship you in spirit and truth right now. We're not here just for a song service, but we're here to worship you. So I pray that your spirit would move freely throughout this place today. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray, and everyone says, Amen. Let's put our hands together as we worship.
begin to lift your hand and declare the word of the Lord today. God, you are holy. God, you are holy. God, you are worthy. Just begin to declare who is today. You Oh, 
Jesus. Sing it. Sing it to him. Sing it to the Almighty.
you can say that you really truly feel the presence of God is in this place today. Amen. Can you say that you know God's presence is here? He's come to meet us here today. He has come to meet you here today. He said, whatever you have in my name, in my name, just come and ask in my name. We've invited his presence here today. Oh! 
God that is here today. You need to check yourself. God's presence is here in this place today. And he has come that you would not leave without anything but his very best today. He's come that you have, he has come so that you can leave filled up with more than enough that your cup would be overflowing in this place today. Yes, Come alive, and we call out to dead hearts. 
Daughter 
refreshing this morning. Amen. It's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord and amen because he inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. 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 So if you get your notes out this morning, I want to go ahead and dismiss our kids three, four, and five to their class before I forget. And um, we're going to go ahead and begin in prayer right now. I always like to begin in prayer as we get ready to study God's word. So let's pray. Father, I just come to you right now. Father, as we get ready to look into your word, Father God, I pray that every blind eye would be open to the spiritual truths of your word, Father God. Unveil our eyes that we may see you, Father God, through your word this morning, Father God. Father, touch our hearts. Unveil our hearts that we may know you better, Father. Soften our hearts to receive your word, Father God. Remove the heart of stone that's in us, Father God, and put a heart of flesh that your word can be planted inside our hearts, Father God. Touch our ears. Open our ears that we could hear your spiritual truths right now, Father God. And most of all, touch our minds this morning, Father God, that we could comprehend and understand your spiritual truths this morning. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray and everyone says, 
Amen, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, you can open it to Luke chapter uh, 15. We're going to be going through uh, several things. But as we start this morning, this message is entitled, The Lost Sheep. It is Communion Sunday, and Luke 22, verse 19, uh, Nathaniel, put it up there. It's not on your papers here. But it says, this is at the last supper. Jesus is saying, and he took the bread, gave it to his uh, thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. And what I want to focus on is every time we have communion, you know, the Bible doesn't tell you how many times to have communion, but it does tell you whenever you do it, that you are to do it in remembrance of what Jesus has done for you. So, you know, some people may not even be able to have communion only a couple of times a year, different things, but whenever you do it, he says, do it in remembrance of him, of Jesus, what he done on the cross. Because he was celebrating the, pa- the Passover meal, uh, remembering in the Jewish culture as when uh, uh, Moses had commanded the people, the Israelites, to, to, uh, 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 to kill a, a, a perfect lamb and take the blood and put it over the doorposts of their home and whoever was in the in the home would be saved from the from the death angel coming over and so they were celebrating that but jesus is basically telling them there where he says do it in remembrance of me not about the the passover lamb that was saved. he says because i am the lamb of god and you're doing it because of me because my blood was going to be is going to be shed on a cross uh for the forgiveness of sin so this is what i want to focus on this morning is the lost sheep. It, it, it's focusing, remembering what Jesus done for us. And every, everything here, you could look on your paper it, it, toward the bottom. Luke chapter 15, verse 2. This is what I just want to talk about. It's a very familiar uh, passage of Scripture. And, and this is where, where I, I started focusing on this. And this is the whole reason. Luke chapter 15 is known as the lost and found department of the Bible. There's the lost sheep, then he go, Jesus goes into the lost coin, then he goes into the, parable, the lost son or the, or the prodigal son. And that's what Luke chapter 15 is all about. It's all about something that is lost, and the, the owner of the object that is lost looks for and searches for that lost item so that it is found and back in his possession. And uh, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and teachers of the law, and he says, they said, uh, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And so on your page, later on, you, you could circle or you could circle that now. This is what we're going to talk about. Why was Jesus uh, welcoming sinners and uh, he eats with them? You see, the, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, they were upset. How dare he? Like, you know, that he shouldn't be doing that. But how many of you know... How many of you, well, how many of you have ever been lost in your car? You'd gone down somewhere and you got lost. You know, are you heading somewhere and you get lost? Now, I know men don't want to admit that, <laughs> right? We never get lost. We just take an alternate route. <laughs> and we're not sure if we're going to get there. But, but being lost, what happens, what you need to realize is, when you're lost, you're lost for a while before you even know you're lost. It's not like you, you knew you just took a wrong turn. Oh, I wasn't supposed to turn down this road. I'm going back. That's not lost. That's knowing you made a wrong turn, a, a bad step. 
But most of the time when someone, someone you're driving and you're lost, it's like, where in the world are we now? And you find out 15 miles down the road or up the road is where you should have turned off. And for those 15 miles, you thought you were going, still going the way you were supposed to be going. You see, sometimes we could be lost and not even know we're lost. Okay? So what I want to talk about is, is, is three, three things I want to uh, mention here today. Three uh, people. And let's, let's begin with Isaiah 53, verse 6. This is on your, on your papers there. What's those first two words? We all circle that. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Now, we're going to be focusing on the parable of Jesus talking about lost sheep. We all, what that means, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. We all, every one of us in this building, everyone that's been born, have all gone away from God and went our own way. We're born into sin in this world. We're born separated from God because of sin in this world. But today, I want to talk about, and there's basically three types of people we're going to talk about, is you've been saved. You're, you're, you're living for God. And today is kind of a refresher of what Jesus has done, a reminder. When he said, Jesus says, do it in remembrance of me before we receive communion this morning, we want to remember what he's done. Now, the second type of person that may be in here or online is you've given your heart to the Lord, but maybe you've kind of drifted away, you know, and which is very easy in these times. Uh, churches were closed. You're not able to fellowship with other believers as much and different things, and maybe you've drifted away. And today I want to give you that opportunity that you say, you know what, I want to come back to where I need to be, where I know I need to be. That somewhere along the way I've kind of started getting lost. I kind of started drifting off. And the third person that we're speaking to either in here or online is you've never accepted the, the Lord Jesus Christ. Right now you're maybe listening and not even realizing you're lost when you're lost. Right? I always think about those things. You know, when I was lost, I didn't know I was lost in this world. I never had any idea. I, my wife would ask me, you know, after she got saved, she said, you, what about your, your salvation? I said, me and Jesus, we good. And I started thinking about, you know, all those things. And let, let's read an, a few more things here. All of us have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That is Jesus is talking about that God has taken your sin and placed it on Jesus Christ's back when he went on that cross to die. And when he died and rose again, he took Jesus' righteousness and holiness and applied it to your life when you accepted him as your Lord and Savior. So let's begin looking at the Father's heart and different things. Second Peter 3.9 says this. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. He's talking about coming back. You know, I, I think about that. Everyone, including the disciples, thought that Jesus was coming back in their lifetime. Now, he may come back before the end of this service. We have no idea. No man knows the time or hour. Okay, so we don't know when he's coming back. He says, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. And point to yourself, me. He's patient with me, not wanting anyone to perish, 
but everyone to come to repentance. So notice, again, he wants no one to perish. It's not God's will that anyone be separated from him. It's not God's will that one sheep out of the hundred wanders off. He says, I don't want it. I'm going to go after that sheep. It's not, he says it, but, he, it, but everyone to come to repentance. And he's not slow with you. And I, I always think about this when I read this scripture. And, and I, I kind of go back to, let's say, the year I graduated, 1984. I am so glad God did not come back in 1984. Because I didn't know him. I was lost and didn't know I was lost. I am glad he held off because I wouldn't have been saved. And and this is part of what what people, when they hear this, God's not slow, that they start thinking, well, i got plenty of time. And and I'm telling telling you some true stories about myself here today. When my wife was uh, rededicated her life to the Lord, she was witnessing to me. And in my mind, I was saying, I think I had told her, I said, look, I'm going to serve the Lord when in my 50s. That's what I said. I said, I'm going to live my life right now. And in my 50s, as I'm getting a little, which I'm in now, (laughs) I'm going to start serving the Lord. In other words, I was a sheep that went astray doing my own thing and thought that at a certain time in my life, I got plenty of time. But what if he would have came back before? See, that's the thing. We don't know how much time we have. But if you've accepted the Lord, you ought to be grateful and gracious that he waited so that you had that opportunity. And in in turn, you know, a lot of times we pray, oh, Lord, come back soon. Well, what about all those people who haven't accepted him yet? You know, sometimes we want to pray, oh, because it's good for us. It's good for the 99, but what about the one? You see, we focus even as saved people on us. And the, but the Father's heart is for the one, the one that's still lost. That's why, why he's patient. Let, let me continue here. <coughs> Notice what John three sixteen and 17, the golden text of the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Okay? And remember this word perish because we're going to come back to it in a, a few minutes here talking about it for god did not send his son into the world to do what to condemn it the world was already basically condemned and if he would he could have passed judgment at that time and everyone was lost but he sent his son to do what to save it Uh, go to the next verse verse 17 for god did not send his son in the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him We see the compassion of the Father that he loved the world. That's compassion. He loved the world so much that he did something. It's easy to say, oh, I care about something. You know, I I think we, 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 we kind of say that, but we really don't mean it in reality. You could say you care about a situation, but if you don't do anything about it, are you really? Love, or true love is God so loved the world that he did something. He didn't just leave it that way, even though it wasn't his fault. So again, let's continue. We're looking part at the heart of the Father. John 10, 10 through 11 says this. 
The thief comes to do what? To steal, to kill, and destroy. Notice it doesn't say, and to party. Right? When you're younger, how many of you kind of had that idea? Oh, well, you could go with God or you could just go to hell and party all with the devil the rest of your life. Right? That's not what he's there. <laughs> the devil will, will be subject to the same treatment as those that are lost. Nothing. It, it, you know, even, it says even hell itself will be thrown into the lake of fire. Hell was never created for human beings. It was created for the fallen angels and, and, uh, that, that follow Satan and him. And, and it was never until man fell and separated that, got, that we need salvation. And that's what, what we're kind of going to talk about here today. The thief comes, the enemy, to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. He says, I am the good what? Shepherd. Okay, and we're going to be talking about the lost sheep with the shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We are the sheep. Jesus is the shepherd who has the father's heart. Okay, now, when, when you think about this, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus comes that you may have a life and have it to the full. I was reminded of a story I'd read one time that this young man went to uh, visit his friend in another country, and they're walking through this hilly pasture side, and he looks this way, and he sees a shepherd walking in front of sheep, and the sheep are following him, and he's leading them to where they're going to eat and drink, and, and all these sheep are following him. But on the other side, he notices this shepherd behind, behind the sheep, and he's got a staff, and he's kind of corralling them, pushing them in a direction. And he says, why are those sheep following that shepherd, and why are the, those sheep in front of the shepherd? He says, because he's not a shepherd. He says, that's the butcher. He's leading them and pushing them to slaughter. And there are, they are completely unaware of where he is taking them. See, the Bible says, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd and my sheep know my voice. They hear me and they follow me. You see, the enemy is going to take you where you don't want to go. And again, if the sheep knew they were going for slaughter, they would have ran. Uh, is there a nurse in here right now? Kevin's not here today. Uh, okay, so they call they call for nine one. Okay, Let, let's reach our hand. Did she is she passed? Okay, let's let's pray. Father, we just come to you right now. Father, you know exactly what's going on in her life right now. Father God, we pray that you touch her body right now, Father God. Make her whole, make her, uh, restore her right now to help, Father. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Let me just, okay, she's, she's awake. Okay. It was hard to see, okay. Did y'all call? They called, okay. Amen. They're, they're going to be taking care of her. Uh, she's awake, conscious. So uh, let, let's just quickly continue as, as they tend her. Y'all let me know if anything changes. We, we got an uh, emergency coming right now to help her. Okay. Amen. 
So if we, we can't try and pay back attention, we are, there she is in the care right now. I don't want no one to think that she's just left by herself. They, they're looking out there. Okay? But what we need to understand that we need to know where we're headed and what direction. And then we go on to say this. John 10, 14 through 15. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, Jesus says, I lay down my life for the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. Now let's quickly jump into Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now back She's doing okay. Just want to let you know. I've got to. I've got to keep my eye on the situation. She's doing okay. Um, the tax collectors and the sinners were doing what? Go back to verse one, Nathaniel. What's that? I didn't hear you. I I, I can't understand what y'all saying. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't know why y'all telling me they're gathering around her more and I'm confused. Well, we're going to have to have a blooper reel for this uh, thing here. Luke 15, he says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around to what? Hear Jesus. To hear Jesus. The shepherd was going to speak to the lost sheep, which we all were lost. We all had gone astray. But these Pharisees, in verse 2, say this. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who thought they were righteous and did not need a Savior, they thought in themselves, you know, we got our life together. We got it all together. It's you guys that need to straighten up your life. He said, they're even, they, they're even looking down on them. It's like, you shouldn't even be spending your time with them. But he says, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now notice, Jesus was not living a lifestyle that the sinners did. How can you be a light in the dark if there's not a dark, dark around? Right? We're living in this world, and we need to understand that, that just as Jesus did not let them affect his character and the way he lived his life. You see, there is the danger. You need, as you become a Christian, you need to ground yourself in God's Word and get stronger before you surround yourself back with the world because you'll fall back into that trap. You see, Jesus didn't have, they were God wasn't worried about Jesus talking to sinners and thinking that they would influence Jesus to live a lifestyle that was opposing to the will of God. 
See, Jesus was the one that was going there to influence them and not be influenced by them. Then notice what it, what it says. Verse 3. Then Jesus told them this parable, which, again, about because he welcomed sinners, and he says this. Suppose, then he told them this. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and, lo- and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after that lost sheep until he finds it? Notice what he said. He says, doesn't he leave the 99? You got your 99 in the field. He says, but you know one is lost. Now, sure, you could say, well, I still got my 99. I'm not going to risk anything going over there because it's going to pose danger to myself, all these things. But he says, no. He's telling the Father's heart is for the one that is lost. He loves the 99 just as much as he loves the lost one, but his will is that none should perish, and the only way none should perish is if he goes after the one. So he goes after the one. It begins to, begins to show his love for the sheep. And it's, no, I love the way it says he goes after it until he what? Finds it. In other words, he doesn't just give up. Uh, And and this is what I want to equate to your life, is you need to realize that God will always be chasing after you until you take your last breath. God's always coming after you until you take your last breath and it's over. He's never going to say, okay, I don't want you anymore. I've given up. You tout pas bon. Uh, Every time you... We all mess up and, and things, but God never, he keeps on. Jesus is trying to get you to accept him as his save, as you, uh, him as your savior till your dying breath. You know, I believe people on their deathbed finally come to realizing that they are lost. And sometimes it takes the deathbed to make them realize they are lost. And that person accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They're just as saved as you are. Let's go on uh, verse 5. And when he finds this lost sheep, notice what he says. He joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors and says, Rejoice with me, I have found the lost sheep. And, and so let's go back to verse 5. He says, When he finds it, he does what? Joyfully. Any of you ever had a dog that ran down the street and you had to go chase him? And when you finally catch him, you kind of, oh, let me give you, don't you run off again. Right? You get a little upset. Maybe, maybe you go into the store and here goes your kids taking off. And you got four kids and they take off in five directions. You don't know where one of them went. Right? And when you finally catch him, you, oh! But Jesus says the good shepherd, even though we went astray and went far, when he finds us, he joyfully receives us and notice what he goes on to say and he goes home and we're going to come back to verse five there i don't know if i don't know if you caught what really is going on here where it says it puts it on his shoulders and goes home he says then he calls his friends and neighbors and says together rejoice with me because i found my lost sheep and this is what i want you to understand that word lost there is the same word greek word as perish in John 3.16, that he wished that no one would perish. That loss means 
to perish, to be lost, to be ruined or destroyed. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Y'all found this sheep that was in total danger of being destroyed. I found him. And so he has joy because he's found. You know, I was thinking about that, oh, Lost in Space. How many have ever seen that thing, that old show, Lost in Space? There's not many of you old enough. <laughs> but remember, danger, danger, Will Robinson. It was the robot following him, and when danger would come, well, that sheep was in danger, danger, Will Robinson. Go look up Lost in Space. You're going to find it. It used to play on Sunday mornings, I think. <laughs> so... He says, I tell you the same way that there will be more rejoice. Listen to this. I tell you the same way that there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner, over one person that is found who repents than over the 99. Than over the 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Think about that. What the Father saw, it's not that he doesn't care about the 99, but his heart is about the one that was lost and the one that is found. If any of you have ever lost one of your children, maybe in the store and you had the others, how many of you know when you finally find them, you, you may chew them out, but you're so happy that you have them, are you not loving the other ones? Does that make you not love the other ones? No, you're glad they're safe. They've always been safe. Your care was for the one that was lost. All your attention goes to that one. So we need to understand that when Jesus says they're, they're rejoicing in heaven, when someone gives their heart to the Lord, that angels start a party. The Father's happy. Now, what I want you to see, though, is about the 99, as I just talked about it. Jesus kind of deals with this again in the prodigal son part. Because part of the 99 that are left Part of it, he's talking to the Pharisees and the rulers of the law, and he's saying, you know, I'm here with the sinners, but you don't even know you're lost. He's, he's letting the Pharisees and teachers of the law know that y'all think you got your lives all together. You know what the Bible says. You know all these things, but, you know, you think you got it together, but you don't realize you're more lost than the sinners I'm talking to. Your problem is you, you think you got everything together. And it's the rest of them that means things change in the life. You're, you're so lost, you don't even know it. Now, he again, where he goes in the prodigal son, how many remember the father sees the lost son coming back? The father runs and meets him, right? Anybody remember his brother? His brother wasn't so happy. His brother says, I never left. But yet, you're, you're, you're killing a calf, you're, you're bailing the best. It's the big part of your rejoicing because my sinner brother is coming back. But what about me? What about me? You see, although he was in the father's house, he did not have the father's heart. Listen to me. He was in the Father's house, just as the Pharisees and teachers of the law were in, in the religious thing and thought they had their life together, but they did not have the, the heart of the shepherd. 
The, the prodigal brother did not have the heart of the father. He was just worried about him. And the father says, well, you've, you've got everything I have already. You, you, you've always been here, which mine is still yours. All these things. But you're more worried about you than the one that was lost. You see, this life, can't, once you get saved, it can't be me, me, me. That's not the father's heart. The father's heart is for the lost and hurting. It doesn't mean he doesn't care for us. It didn't, the, the prodigal son's father didn't say, oh, I, I don't care for you anymore because you, you're, the other son's lost. But he says, for now, there is rejoicing. So the shepherd's rescue mission. When Jesus came to save, we're going to go through this real quick. Romans 6, 22 through 23, what Jesus has done for us. By now, he rescued us from the penalty of our sin. When he says, do this in remembrance of me, when we come to receive the, the, the wafer and the juice representing the body and blood of Jesus Christ that went on the cross, you need to understand uh, it rescued us from the penalty of our sin. Romans 6.22 says, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to what? Holiness and results in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, right? So God took your sin, placed it on his son on the cross, and he died for your sins. The wages of sin is death. He says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when he raised from the dead, he defeated the power of sin and death. And we can accept him as our Lord and Savior and inherit eternal life. John three seventeen and 18 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Okay, but before, if before you believe in him, you are condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Next thing is, we are rescued from what we are unable to do ourselves. Matthew 19, 25 and 26, when the disciples heard this, Jesus talking about uh, salvation, they were greatly astonished and said, who then can be saved? It, it seems impossible. And Jesus said, looked at them and said, with man. This is impossible. With man, salvation is impossible. Unless the shepherd dies for the sheep. Okay? But I love this. But with God, all things are possible. I love, I love how it doesn't just stay specific just on salvation, which is the biggest thing ever. But he says, with God, not only salvation is possible, but all things is possible. So Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, For this, for it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it is the